Happy New Year, everybody. I feel like that is the official NFT salutation of 2022. Dr. Jeremy here, bringing you the first episode of NFT in the year 2022. I had the distinct pleasure of being joined by Jess, aka Butterhoops, to talk about just the space in general. And we actually spent a lot of time talking about social tokens, which was really exciting to me. Uh, but I couldn't think of a better person to have my first episode of 2022. Uh, yes, I mean, I think let's just get into it. Here it is with Jess. The first guest joining me on the Aspen NFT guest hotline is none other than Jess. You probably know him as Butterhoops on Twitter. Jess, welcome to NFT. How are you today? What's up? What's up, Dr. J? Thanks so much for having me. Um, it's uh, it's been quite a quite a year. Always welcoming you every morning on socials, but it, it's it's a whole different vibe being here with you live and just kind of discussing things with you freely, not being tied to a certain number of characters. I mean, like this is what we wait. This is what I've been waiting for. So, hey, man, we're, we're here, and you're. It's funny you should mention. You know, you're probably you and and Reigns are like my two GM people. But it was always funny because I'd like be in Dubai on my way home from work when that GM would come. But now it's like you're up before me. You are up very early. Your GM is is an early morning GM. And I am it was like one of those first moments where I realized I was home now because the uh, the Jess GM was coming in the actual morning. So no, I'm really glad to have you on. And, you know, uh, I don't shy away from like saying like you're just one of the kindest natured well-intentioning people in this space. And so it's been getting to know you over the past few months has been a real pleasure for me. But I mean, I, I would love to just start with like, everyone has a sort of unique journey on how they ended up into this strange space of avatars and PFPs. Uh, and I'd love to just sort of get your background on, on what led you here. Um, I think, you know, for a lot of us, we've all, we all kind of had knowledge of crypto, the fact that it exists that there's potential of it kind of being something in the world, right? To put it simply. And um, I think a few years ago, my brother was in high school at the time and he was at one of those, he's a he's a computer science kid and he, he was at one of those hacker competitions. And afterwards, there's a small lecture and the guy who was leading the lecture really emphasized the power of Ethereum, the power of blockchain. And it kind of led me to this rabbit hole of like, I should keep an eye on this and I wasn't up until about last year financially sound enough for me to be involved. But I think NBA Top Shot, like for many of us, was that one cultural push where I said, look, now culture slash sports slash involvement and, and participation in kind of sports in general and how um, we can own at things you know, in general is, is changing and it's, it's existing on the blockchain now. And this is, and uh, I think it was a tweet from either Mark Cuban or Ross Golden Wude. And I was like, maybe I should hop into hop on topshot.com and just check it out. And I bought my first moment. Um, and it last, was what, who, who was your first purchase? I'm curious. It was the LeBron James three pointer in series two. And it's the one where he turns around before the shot goes and looks at the bench and the never even looks. Three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that was my first, and a first NFT purchase ever, like, like straight up. 
And then I bought a few more that night. I bought the I bought a Lamarcus Aldridge Series One, and then I kept digging more, digging more. I saw I went through Mark Cuban's Twitter, and I was like, he has a lot of pride in what he's collecting. So I picked up the Maxi Kleba one that he had. So I was like, you know, Matt, and and that's where these kinds of dots started connecting in my head, where I was like, it's cool for me to own something, and on the same blockchain, Mark Cuban also owns it. And it kind of opened, it kind of led me to dig deeper and deeper where I can say, like, I own something at the same time and, the, and, and there's actual ownership of it in the world. And someone in the world who has, you know, some kind of status literally owns the same thing, a part of it with me. Um, and then I, th- I think it led me through a little bit of studying into what Zed Run was doing at the time. And then I sat through the Board Apes Mint. Um, Loved what was going on there, but I was a little bit financially like struck at the time. So I was like, you know, I can't, I was like, I see where this could all go, but I personally have more confidence in the NBA IP at the time than someone taking their IP and doing immense things with it. You know, I mean, at the time, something even doubling in price was a huge deal, right? Like, and and Jess, like, I, to be honest, I still feel more confident about the IP of the NBA over a lot of these projects that are, are getting spun up today. So, you know, I, I think that uh, for the more risk averse person, which I'm not saying that you are, maybe it was just a matter of finances. For me, it, it's it was both a matter of finances because I was an educator and the, the concern that like, you know, how in the hell can I spend 250 US dollars on a cartoon picture of an ape at the time that was like, no, I'll just let me go get uh, a Kobe White lace them up. That seems like a safer thing to do, even though it's more money. So, no, I'm with you there. Yeah, no. And um, part of the reason why, if you kind of add up all of the quantity of the moments, like these aren't cheap. If you if, if we think of moments as fractionalized pieces of a one larger moment, We've already been dabbling in fractional NFTs in a way, right? Like some of them are just fractionalized in, in larger multitudes. So, um, and that's and the reason they can justify is that because the NBIP has been strongly built for decades at this point. And for me to say that every single collector of the Board ABA Club is responsible for the their price at this moment is just not true, right? I would say, like many collectors would say what 5% or even less of the board ABI club members have done to increase the IP is a large reason why they're so valuable. I mean, they've gone on to do larger projects representing their ape in, in bigger things and getting signed to, you know, movie deals like some of these mega mutants, et cetera, et cetera. So, and it, it really comes down to what the people do with the IP. And um, I think that's a good segue into something we should talk about. It's like this summer was a big, um, rush a big rush of just profile pictures in general i think people saw that board ABI club was so successful that maybe every single profile picture could be it because they have control of the ip and i think that was just a little bit overrated in my opinion what do you think about that yeah no i i'm i'm with you i i think that part of the issue with everyone in the space is that they keep going this might be the next board ape and i think you know board ape there won't be another board ape. There might be another something else, but the board ape ship has sailed, and it was the right place at the right time with the right leaders and the right team, the right 
audience, like it just was one of those serendipitous moments where everything sort of synced up at the right time, you know? And I, I actually look a lot at what Jenkins has done in terms of his project, because, you know, you forget that the Jenkins, the valet project in essence is a true derivative project of the board API club. Like it, it was, it is still to me, the strongest example of what an NFT project can do because this whole universe is being born out of these characters. Um, and I don't know, I just, I find it all fascinating, but I, I don't, I think you're right. I think people saw that, that, oh, wow, this whole thing about owning the IP worked. And so then a bunch of people started to, to create these PFPs. Some worked and some have, you know, Cool Cats was a, a summer example of something that ripped and did really well and is a pretty cool community. Uh, but there's just as many or way more examples of things that didn't work out or sort of fizzled out and went to zero or were rugs. Um, I, I'd love to get your take on where the space is currently. And um, I put up a tweet last night that said invest in people, not in projects, because what I tend to see is... Um, there's some like in any space, in any industry, in any field, there's some bad actors that are are involved. And I cover this weekly in scam busters of like some some really shitty things that happen to people within the NFT space. But like it feels like the sort of like all these anon people just creating these projects that's starting to slip and change and move because people are getting sick of getting the short end of the stick. And they're also being more skeptical of where they, they put their Ethereum. So love to get your take, Jess, on like what sort of trends are you seeing from summer to now? Um, I think you've already spotted one with this, like everyone wants to gobble up IP and that didn't really turn into anything except for a very select few uh, projects. But yeah, and I, and what do I you think, see? I think a lot of us realize that, like I said, the strength lies in others strengthening your IP. If you necessarily don't have the tools resources to do it. A lot of board API club holders, you know, they can't go out and do some of the things that some make make kind of the impact that a celebrity purchase of, of it can do and them setting their profile picture of it. I mean, for a less, for us, a lot of the validation came in, you know, Steph Curry changing his profile picture to a board ape. And a lot of that, like I said, it's part of being, it, it, it ties back into the whole top, top shot feeling for me of I can match up and say like we're part of this kind of like community in a way together and it wasn't really in at the beginning excluded to anybody um and i think for the state of the space i think where it's headed is i think the best projects will keep turning inwards and um keep allowing for further inclusion for more people i think one of the biggest examples we saw was board abia club opening up and saying we're dropping 20,000 more mutants. And I think truly the next step is for them as a lab, as Yuga Labs. And I, and, and, you know, this is, it's not, it's not, it's pretty obvious. This is where it's at. It's since they're dropping a blockchain game, there's going to be assets involved in that, right? Since the ape coin is coming out, that kind of gives another gateway for other people to be involved in their ecosystem. Um, you know, you can go straight to buying one of their game NFTs. You can go straight to buying ape coin. And if you truly believe that there's utility of the ApeCoin, you know, IRL, whether there's their music events that they might host and you get to spend it for tickets there, um, spend it for some of their merchandise. And it's about creating a cycle of um, of your asset. I think the best the best projects will won't need to reward their members with ETH. 
it'll be to reward their members with assets that they can continuously use in an, in an ecosystem. And we see that with Pixel Vault in a way, right? Like they came out yesterday and said for Punk's token and for, for POW token, we won't be providing the liquidity pool. And part of that is obviously to keep things legal because, you know, then it becomes then you're treading the whole security issue. Yeah. But it's more like you want to incentivize them to respend things in your own ecosystem. And I think opening up your project further and further is the way to go. And and you mentioned Cool Cats. I mean, it will, I think we'll see that with their milk coin um, um, for you to be able to purchase further NFTs that come from their lab. I mean, just let's stay here for a second, because yeah. I, I feel like if we want to run everything is cyclical in nature, right? Someone sets the lead pace, like if we're going to think about from like a, a running perspective, like a 3200 meter run, right? There's someone who's establishing the pace and then everyone else sort of runs with them. And then someone at the end tries to outkick the, the person who's in the lead. Like, I think that in the summer it was IP and everyone owns their IP. And I think now it's the airdrop token. This is yeah. the new... This is the new version of IP, right? Everyone's getting a token. Everyone's creating a token. I, I think that we're sort of in that same cycle of like Kongs did it and it worked, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, you know, the passive income mechanism of what Cyber Kongs does is a real thing. And, you know, it, it, it's benefiting people tremendously. But I just sort of feel like we're jumping the shark again with this sort of like everyone's now trying to do a token. Yeah, I think there's place for everyone to have a token. I think... I think there is a future where everyone has a social token, even on a personal level, but it's all about where you allow that to be accessed. And you can kind of set yourself a reputation of where you allow that token to be spent, um, you know, for a certain project to come out and say, hey, our token can only be spent in these projects. You're kind of saying we support their vision, right? Like if you're coming out and saying, you know, we support certain projects that are heavy on supporting artists who are diverse. Um, and you're allowing your your token to only be spent there. You're kind of like furthering the ecosystem of of ideas that you support, and um, you know, kind and, and of I, like things you want to motivate. And I think that's I think I think a lot of this is not about turning it all back into ETH, and it is for a lot of people because um, a lot, as we know, a lot of people are very invested. And I think it's important to to know that it's it's okay for some people to turn it into ETH, but all these tokens for them where to, to be used and how to be used and everything is is the next key. And I think this year will be big on social tokens from, from uh, everybody. I mean, social, to be honest, social tokens are what excites me most about the space in general. And I think you've hit on a really salient point, which is this idea of an ecosystem versus an airdrop, right? Like, and, and you've said it a couple times about some people are just going to convert this to ETH and go about their business. And I think like what you can do with that token within your own universe that you're creating is is the magic, right? So if I'm an artist or a musician and, and I have a social token, what can I do as as someone who who supports that artist or musician to use it to to do yeah. something within the greater NFT ecosystem of that project is key. Yeah. And and I think right now like. What we're seeing is, yeah, the, the, the token is coming in some of these instances, but then the 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 uh, what I would say is like, what you can do with it part is the underdeveloped issue right now. Yeah, and I think I think that we you always have to think one step ahead, right? It's like let's say you're an artist, you've issued a token, um, you've allowed them to spend that token only on your CDs, only on your merchandise. 
now you have the token back and what do you do with it? And there, and, and you have to kind of amount a certain value to it. And I think putting it back into the ecosystem of rewarding your, your best members and allowing them to stake to get the token back and creating kind of a cycle is really important. And I think everyone that gets as creative as they possibly can um, without without opening liquidity pools and just treading this the right way with on the legal end is they're going to win. I mean, um, it's, it's really easy to see where this is all headed, but everyone who has a strong brand outside of the space will have strong social tokens. Um, it's just, it's just about how you can incentivize people to spend it and not just hold it or turn it back into ETH. And it all strengthens the ETH blockchain, right? It, It puts, it puts pressure on people to respend that ETH in other places, um, you know. So I, I think I think this is going to be a really good year for NFTs in general. Yeah, I think so too. And and I've had Adam Brotman on, who was the former chief di- uh, digital officer for Starbucks, and I've listened to some Raul Paul episodes from Real Vision, where where he gets into this idea of the social token. And like, yeah, we're talking about Cool Cats tokens now. But we're going to be talking about a Disney token and a Starbucks token and a McDonald's token. And like, I think that that's the so part of the issue right now is that when you see these cute, cuddly PFPs, you look at it like a scam or like a Ponzi scheme because it seems it seems ridiculous like it, yeah. it, it, on the, su- the superficial level. But if you think about social tokens and, and ecosystems of of spending and saving and earning, these mini economies are, are really what's the most interesting part about the Web3 space to me in general. And so I think you're spot on that, like, you know, right now we're looking at Cool Cats and we're talking about milk, but you, we're going to be talking, there's going to be a major, you know, in, a major player in an industry who jumps in and creates their own social token. Uh, and and once that happens, you're going to see the ripple. Just like you see the ripple with all these little projects, you're going to see big corporates jump in uh, and participate in the, in the same sort of mechanism. Yeah. And, and um, I, I really would like to see artists kind of take social tokens and, and, and what it does is it lets you quickly build a business relationship and quickly incentivize your customer base to go support another project, to go support another cause. You know, you, you have a social token, you can open up it, open it, to be spent at a certain charity for 30 days and for, you know, a reduced amount, the charity can respend it into part of your ecosystem into rewarding. You know, this is, these are, these are certain windows that businesses can open up. I mean, we see it all the time, um, collaborations between brands. And I think it's just way easier for funds to go back and forth between the blockchain. I mean, for you to own or for McDonald's to buy a bunch of Dr. Jeremy coin and then spend it on, you know, having some of their employees uh, take a class on blockchain security. And, you know, it, it really furthers kind of like the ecosystem. And then the coin comes back to you and you can you can kind of, you know, direct it somewhere else. And so these are kind of like, I think the possibilities are limitless. And um, but I think the power really lies in the blockchain. And, and this is going to be the year where we stop caring about uh, flipping, things like that. And we kind of just, you know, hold things where where we find value. And um, a lot of us on Top Shot saw that early, I think. I mean, that this idea of interoperability is the term that we most often use, you know, for these coins and these tokens being exchangeable for other coins and other tokens. You know, I mean, 
uh, as a parent of someone who of of kids who play video games, the idea that they could take their game currency once they get done with a game and move it to another game. Uh, obviously, from a parental perspective, gives me a, a lot of happiness because what happens when they're done with Roblox and they don't want to play it anymore, that money is sort of like sunk. There's no sort of taking it to the next game. Um, so I, I think that, that hopefully that 2022 is the year of the social token. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case. You know, we, we're kind of toward the tail end, and I want to make sure that we, we don't uh, like have an episode where we don't talk about Apen a little bit. So for people who maybe haven't heard of this project and this project that you're working on, can you talk about what Apen is doing? Uh, and, and we'll jump into it from there. Yeah, um, Apen is kind of, we want to exist at the intersection of uh, Web3, blockchain, NFTs, but also with the community that focuses on rap, that focuses on creating beats and collaborating together in sort of a live environment. And I think the metaverse is one of the best places for that to exist. Um, uh, for us to be able to create that experience um, for people who who necessarily might not even be holders of our tokens is, is something that's very important to me. And I think I think that's a big motto of this year. And I think Coinbase NFT is going to be one of the things that leads us into this is how we can include the next, you know, 5 million to 10 million people into NFTs. And it's, I think it's truly going to be, you know, having them be involved in, in in safe methods like you guys are doing on your end. And I think part of that is um, is music. And that was really big for me. And I think part of that is for them to be able to move things kind of like, you know, in like a non-custodial way out of like top shot. And I think, and I think Coinbase, I'm really excited for what Coinbase is going to do this year. I think it's going to bringing a lot more a lot more eyes on what's happening and a lot more people who can trust what's going on um, I, think I think we're I think this is going to be the year where we really filter out a lot of the uh, a lot of the garbage in the space OpenSea just finished a series C I don't know if you saw that it was announced yesterday and and honestly the guttural response I had was like these must be the the biggest dumbasses in the world have to be putting in hand over fist into an OpenSea series C because I I can tell you right now, and um, sorry, corporate trash. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just leak a little bit out here. We corporate trash and Aspen have partnered to do this market research, and and what I can tell you, which is confirming what I already knew, is that people are looking for any reason imaginable to not use OpenSea. And the second that someone or some some ones come along to to provide a level of service that is more reliable, less scammy better customer service and more user friendly, uh, there's going to be a, 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 a very marked change. And I think, you know, there's like 200,000 active wallets right now. And we lose sight of that. We think that in, in our space, we think it's so big and everyone's involved. And really, we're talking about 200,000 people. The next 5 million, as you described, they may not even ever hear of OpenSea and they may come on through Coinbase and it may that may be the mechanism that is sort of like the great equalizer. Because I think a lot of reasons why Topshot is such a great place for, I still believe Topshot's a great place for people to get their first NFT is because of the fiat component and not having to be a crypto maxi to get involved and get your first NFT. In fact, you can get a pack of three NFTs for $9, which is cool. a 
a really great way to start your collection. For the record, Top Shot continues to be the place where I direct newcomers to the space because they can spend $9, like you said, be confident in what they have if they like the NBA IP. And um, it gives them a chance to kind of understand what's going on and how it feels to own something and move forward. So They, they um, don't have to worry about clicking a bad link. They don't have to worry about Discord at all. You know, some of the messiness in, in, in this space. So, you know, Apen obviously has uh, Timbaland involved and he is, you know, we've had previous conversations about like how you can tell like what a passion he has for this project in making music in general. Um, what are some of the things on the horizon that you can talk about with Apen that you guys are looking to get going in sort of Q1 of 2022? Um, I think for us, I think a big focus is going to be live content, uh, making sure our community is active on our Twitch channel. Um, they have sort of a presence there. They're able to collaborate, um, ongoing contests like the first one we had, um, music videos are, are on the way, um, few more tracks this month for OG token holders. And, um, I think, I think on top of social tokens is going to be a big year of the metaverse. So we're excited to kind of build out our studio over there. Um, maybe even a small little mini game coming for OG token holders, but. Uh, there's a lot on the horizon and we're excited to be the, like the leading studio in the metaverse when it comes to music. Um, and it, it's going to be a fun year, I think, for everybody involved. Yeah, you, you guys are like the island Def Jam of the metaverse. That's really, <laughs> really what you are. I mean, it, it's crazy. Uh, I, I want to thank you for coming on, Jess. This episode's been a long time coming. We were fighting through time zones, time changes, and busyness in life. Uh, but you are one of the best people in the space. I truly mean that. And uh, please give Jess a follow at Butterhoops if you're not already. Um, anything else you want to get off your chest before we wrap up today? No, but I think we didn't talk enough Top Shot. So I think I need to be back so we can have a whole episode about which moments we need to be focusing on for Series 3, what players we got our eyes on. Um, I think that... That deserves a whole episode at some point. So yeah, excited to be I, back. I have some takes, and maybe we can get a couple people on and talk, do a top shot like roundtable because yeah. because and I don't want to go into it now because I want to save that rich content for a later time. But I'm kind of over flash challenges. I'm kind of tired. It's exhausting to keep up with the flash challenges. So I I, I am uh, I, I'm feeling some sort of way right now about my bull set with the Derrick Rose uh, deck the halls. But we will definitely. Let's before February get an episode on the books where we do a top shot roundtable. I think it would be good for everyone. All right, cool. Thanks so much, Dr. J. Appreciate you. Oh man, happy to have you on. I want to thank Jess, my very special first guest of 2022, uh, and and want to bring uh, just a I'm wishing all of you the best start to the year possible. Uh, be bringing you a lot of episodes over the next couple of weeks. I have lots of good things stacked up and lined up for you. Uh, but for now, it's Dr. Jeremy signing off, saying take care of yourselves and each other. Peace. Peace.